Uh, yeah, we have to, uh, we usually have to do a sync. Um, so sorry about that. So we're going to redo the intro. You did a great job of that intro though. It was, was top tier. It was, yeah. uh, it was like muscle memory. It just kind of came back to me. And then I freaked out after I said the podcast title. Cause I was like, Oh, what do I usually say after that? <laughs> okay. Usually I come in and say something, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, usually you give like a, a four second pause and then you, you say, you introduce yourself. <laughs> I'll do that this time, and I'll just be like, I'm sketch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Welcome to the Every Gamer Podcast. I am Nick. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it's because I expect you... <laughs> To say more than just Nick. I don't know. Okay, anyway, what, I'm do I usually say more? Do I usually say more? <laughs> no, I don't know why, but it just feels weird for okay. you not to. I don't, I don't know. Why. I'm Are like, we going? Oh, is he done? <laughs> Are we going with that intro? Yeah, I was just okay. going for it. I'm Sketch256, right. aka Ben is my um, real life name. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we're on our 22nd episode of the Every Gamer podcast, and it has been a three months it's been a hot hot minute three months hiatus aka hot minutes uh th- it was not a planned hiatus we just kind of didn't record a podcast yeah um but we're glad to be back glad to be uh back talking about uh video games and some not so video games but things that are video games adjacent um <laughs> but yeah we're just gonna have fun we are live streaming this so we do have a chat that we might respond to and uh, we'll try to be sure to um, re, uh, re 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 replay re, re what am I trying to say? Reset, recuperate, re no, say uh, say that restate the questions. Um, oh, gotcha. For those that are listening, can't see the chat, of course, in the recorded recalibrate version. recalibrate the questions so they're not as bad and uh, suscitate. We're gonna do all those things. Uh, yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna try to get into kind of the the flow here because it's kind of been been a lot um over the last yeah i actually looked at the the last time that we released a podcast it was like october 21st was uh, the last podcast <laughs> so it has been quite we're nothing of not consistent <laughs> yeah so i mean we're so we're so optimistic of doing every two weeks when we first started um i know but uh life and then we're like oh wait we don't have that much to say every two weeks. <laughs> I think we do. It's just, it's just, there's just so much going on with life. And so, yeah. That's um, true. And we started D and D. So that, that takes up some time as well. And yeah, um, but, uh, but glad to be back to it. Um, I mean, what have you, uh, what have you been doing these last uh, three months? I know you've had a pretty busy time um, with things. Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, eyeballs deep in my dissertation, but mm. Uh, I'm still making time to play video games, which is fitting because my dissertation is about video games and yeah. uh, the people who play them. So that's fun. Um, I was going to say, like, we usually talk, we usually start with like talking about what we've been playing lately. And mm-hmm. technically, I've been playing kind of my old faithfuls, been playing Destiny 2 and Slay the Spire. Slay the Spire is like, I'll pick it up and I'll play it every single day for a month and then I won't play it for two or three months and then I'll come back to it later and it just 
there's so many ways that it becomes fresh again. It's such a good, good game. I have yeah. to, I recommend it to everybody seriously. But um, uh, over the Christmas break, though, which is now almost a month and a half ago, um, I played through uh, Jedi Fallen Order, mm-hmm. and I played through Control. Uh, both were on uh, Game Pass, and I really enjoyed them. Uh, Jedi Fallen Order, I would say, was like a solid B minus. Yeah. Um, uh, fun, pretty fun game. I think virtually every time I played, I had some type of visual bug or stutter of some kind. It played pretty well. I, I have a Series X now, so it played fairly well on that, but it's still, uh, there are still some issues and bugs here and there. Um, some of the story is a little, some, some story beats kind of hit out of sync or out of order. And so you're hit with like an emotional like an, um, an emotional drop happens that you're not really set up for. So you don't really feel the weight of what's happening there sometimes. Um, so there's just some stuff about the story that didn't quite work. However, uh, I've almost completed it as far as achievements go. I think I've only got <laughs> two achievements left in the game, which I haven't done that to a game in a long time. Uh, just because the sense of exploration was pretty fun. The combat was pretty fun. Yeah. Um, there were some, there's some good things and it, it was a really pretty game as well. So mm-hmm. that was good. And then control was really cool. Control was, uh, super weird. Like I wasn't, you know, I wasn't ready for the kind of game that it was. It's very, um, it's, it's just a very different experience, but the yeah. world building is super interesting. And like mm-hmm. the, uh, the oldest house, the setting is really, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like just intriguing. Like yeah. you want to learn more about the lore. It's been a long time since I've just every time I picked up a piece of information that that filled out more of what was going on, I read it. I wanted to know what was happening. I wanted to understand what was going on there. Um, some really cool visual elements. Um, some uh, control sounds like it was pretty. Sh- uh, sorry. Some really interesting just concepts that were in the game. Mm-hmm. Story was pretty good. Uh, I think ins- I think it could have been a little stronger. It ended a little abruptly, uh, but I thought it was really cool. It was uh, it was a lot of fun to play, and um, I definitely would recommend that as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I'm back on the D two and and uh, slay the spire st- train. Uh, I did pick up in honor of Jordan. I've picked <laughs> up. Uh, Death, Death Stranding? Stranding a couple uh-huh. of times, and I'm not going to lie, I'm struggling with it. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Is it just a mundane gameplay loop kind of thing? I don't know. It's it's weird because it's such a pretty game. The The gameplay is not it's not remarkably fun. I mean, you, you really are walking from one place to another. Um, I, I think that the, the UI is unintuitive. Uh-huh. Um, I oftentimes like just see like a wall of text on something and I don't, I don't know what I'm, what I'm clicking on or what I, it's like hard to follow. There's just a lot of stuff going on. And then one of the critiques I heard of the game was like how much the characters in the game are talking without actually anything being said. And I have to agree. I, there was a lot of. I mean, I remember there was one night I played. It was two hours, and probably an hour of that was cutscenes. Yeah, and I didn't have any idea what was going on in the game. Like, like I didn't understand what was happening any better because of that hour of cutscenes. Right. <laughs> yeah. It was just more and more and more stuff that didn't make any sense to me, um, which I feel bad for because Jordan is all about it, and he like. 
when he's in the chat, he's providing really interesting um, an- analyses of, of what's going on and what the symbolism is, and that yeah. helps a lot because it does sound cool. But other than that, it was it's tough. It's yeah, <laughs> I mean, so. honestly, I think it would have been better as a movie or a TV show rather than a video game uh, because it, right. it seems like the, the gameplay of it is secondary to the story. Um, like, yeah, as far I'd as, agree with that. As far as like the mechanics are there to serve um, just this big overarching story and the gameplay mechanics aren't as intriguing or enough to carry the story. Um, or yeah. they shouldn't be as drawn out as as it is. Um, right, right. And so, um, yeah, I, I mean, I would love for that to be a TV show, but um, yeah, probably not. Not a great medium for, for the story that's being told. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I remember the last time I had that experience was Metal Gear Solid 4, but I think the gameplay was a lot more interesting then. Sure, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and I still don't really have any idea what was going on in the story, but I was <laughs> compelled to play anyway because it was fun. And right. uh, I don't think I have that as much with Death Stranding. Yeah. So common thread. Uh, but, yeah, what about you? What have you been playing? Uh, so I've been playing, um, I played Destiny for a little bit. I got really discouraged because like right when, uh, Beyond Light dropped, I was in it. I was like, yeah, I was a high sight level in our, in our, in our clan. I was like keeping up. And then within a week I couldn't play as much and everybody else like surpassed me and I've not been able to keep catch up since. And like, I got really, really discouraged by that. Cause I was like, I had to play a lot just to to you know gain what i did and and get where i mm. was and then like within a week right. it, was, it was all gone um <clears throat> and then you know so it, it was that i think that part of destiny is what really kind of frustrates me about it i still think it's an incredible game as far as gameplay um overarching story and plots are, are really good um but you know yeah it's it's really tough for me to want to continue to play that game on a daily basis or like want to put in all the time that you need to grind and get the, the weapons and, and other things. And so, <clears throat> but I've been, I've actually been playing um, a lot more division two with, with Elliot. And um, okay, I think what they have built there is like, it is, it's, inc- it's really, really good. Um, like I don't like that the en- enemies are bullet sponges and I'm really, really pissed off by end game bosses because the whole point of their the bosses are, <clears throat> yeah, they're bullet sponges, but the whole thing is, you know, you're building these loadouts and these skills and everything like that. Right, um, right. But at the end boss, they take all that away. So, like, that's where the difficulty comes from is they make it to where you can't use your skills anymore. You can't use certain what? things. Um, because you keep getting EMP blasted and none of your stuff works anymore. And so like, Oh gosh, that really pisses me off. Cause like everything you built doesn't matter. It doesn't matter anymore. Um, yeah. And so you essentially have to kind of like cheese the game to beat the end bosses. And I've not played the raids or anything like that, but, but other than that, like the, um, the, the, I think the weapon sets, the armor sets, the exotics, everything that they have in there is really, really incredible. Um, the min-maxing you can do, the different loadouts you can yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. Um, really, really well done. And the amount of, like, programming and math that has gone into that game is just, like, mind-blowing. Like, you can check all the stats and um, see what kind of damage you're doing, see what kind of, like, effects that you're having. And just the way that you're able to kind of choose gear and... 
and make different builds is, is really, really cool. Um, so I've been yeah. enjoying that part of it. Um, and there's a, there's a mode called the summit. Essentially it's a hundred floors that you're like fighting your way up to the summit. Um, oh, and it's a really good way of like, it's really, really fun way of like trying to, um, essentially it's like wave based uh, kind of thing. Uh, but instead of like you're in one map and they're constantly moving, like the floors are procedurally generated, the enemies and the objectives are all procedurally generated too. Um, and so it makes it really, really cool and interesting, um, gameplay, um, to get through all a hundred floors. Um, so yeah, that's cool. That was really, that's been really cool. It's been really fun. Um, and then I, I've been playing control. I have, I'm about 15 hours into control and that game is so cool. Um, yeah, really, really heavy, um, inside vibes, uh, like the game inside. Uh, okay. Yeah. Kind of that like totalitarian, like, um, almost like 1960s, fifties, like aesthetic, but also kind of okay. a, a modern, like all the UI and everything, the text, everything's very modern, uh, postmodern kind of feel, minimalist almost in in the UI. Yeah, design. it is very minimalist. Yeah, uh, I and, agree and I I think the UI is is beautifully done, very 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 well done. None of the gameplay, none of the uh, RPG aspects or whatever are overcomplicated. Um, I think. Yeah, I agree with that. They keep it super simple. Um, they put a lot of weight into um, just. Here are your abilities. We're not going to overcomplicate it with all these different modifiers and stuff. Um, right. And so I think that's really well done. The story is really, really intriguing. You're right. The oldest house is really cool and intriguing. Um, the The level design is is fascinating. And this is the kind of story that like that I am just like I have so many questions that I'm sure the, uh-huh. game, the game isn't gonna gonna answer, uh, which is fine. Uh, but there's so many questions like why is it called the oldest house? I don't know if they ever right. answered that. Um, and uh, where did Darling come from? The the main scientist guy. Um, yeah. He seems to know a lot and have been there for a while, but where did he come from? Um, you know, there's just a, there's just a lot. I think they wrap a lot of stuff up really, really cool. Like how come you never see the oldest house in the middle of New York city? Um, but like the way that they explain a lot of these things and, it's just really, really cool, and there's um, I can definitely see so far. I can definitely see there being some sort of sequel, um, and expl- oh, hundred percent, explaining <laughs> so much more. But uh, yeah, I think the game is is incredible, like nine point five, almost ten out of ten for me. Um, and so it's, it's really fun. It's been I, good. I think that they they had there's a couple DLCs for the game that I think explain a little bit more about it as well, but yeah. I haven't gotten into those as much. I was waiting on the uh, the Series S or Series oh, X yeah. like optimized version. Yeah, right. Out. Um, but that's pretty much what I've been playing. I played a, a little bit of Slate of Fire. Um, nice. And uh, I mean that game is just just so cool. Uh, it's just such a such a fun game. Well designed. They're actually coming yeah. out with like a physical deck builder game like. Um, really yeah uh so i'm interested to that's see how, awesome. how that's gonna work considering like how many cards are in the the video game so far um yeah there's like 70 plus for each character i think yeah so, so i don't know if they're gonna have to do it like maybe you buy the base pack which has like two characters and then you can do expansions which adds a character and uh but then you have all the enemies and the you know the bosses and so that's gonna be really interesting yeah. to see how how that that 
works, but um, that would be really cool, you know, to be able to take that um, with you somewhere and, you know, play. Um, I kind of, I can't help but wonder if they're better served just adding to the computer game rather than making a physical deck builder, mm -hmm. um, just because, part, I mean, so much of what the game is, I mean, I guess the, you can do this in a deck builder as well, like a physical mm -hmm. one, but a lot of the game is like procedural generation. Yeah. Every single run is different. You know, like there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot that goes in. You got different items offered or different cards that are offered to you at the shop, different right. relics, different potions. Like it's, it's different every single time you play, mm -hmm. which is sometimes frustrating because if you have a goal in mind, you know, you might be looking for one card yeah. to like, be the synergistic completion to the deck that you have and you can't find it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. But I, it, other times, like, you find all the relics you need, all the cards you need, and yeah. you end up just going off, like, uh -huh. going crazy. It's, yeah, it's really fun. Yeah, I had a run like that where, um, well, when I got to, I think, like, the third or fourth um, world or whatever it is, and... There, yeah, there's <clears> only three <throat> floors, so, yeah. Yeah, and so I... I I can't remember which one I was playing, but I remember like I had an incredible deck. I had like five or six uh, energy per round. Um, yeah, I didn't have to discard any cards in my hand. Uh, I just like I would have a hand that would have like what ten or twelve cards in it, and I just had so many like uh, synergistic things going on, and it was phenomenal. And then it was just like one yeah. one boss kind of just wiped it, but. It, it carried me through so many battles and it was just really, really cool. Um, but the, that is the cool thing too. Like, sorry, just to yeah, yeah. say like, especially for like these different bosses, like you can have a deck that just completely destroys like regular mobs or regular fights on the floor. Yeah. And then especially on, on the third floor, there are some really tough bosses. Like there's one that's called the, uh, the Reptomancer and she, She's constantly summoning these like these uh, floating daggers that yeah. on their second turn of existing, they do 25 damage each time. Like, mm -hmm. and she like, if you don't deal with them immediately, yeah, that like two or three of them will all be doing 25 damage a piece, and she's doing like a double attack for 30 a piece. Uh -huh. So you have to like, you have to have AOE, you have to be able to control the fight, you have to have uh -huh. strong defense. Like I've had some some Debuffs, decks that are yeah. crazy, like crazy crazy. Uh, strong and then I get to the Reptomancer and get completely destroyed yeah. <laughs> just because like the same the same thing how you can have you can build a deck that's very synergistic the enemies can do the same thing um, yep and so like you well, have to figure out how to some enemies I mean not not sorry I'm good yeah you good uh, not every deck works for every enemy and that's kind of the mm -hmm. That's kind of the scary thing. You might have one that's really good at debuffing enemies' attacks, but then, you know, at the same time, they might have something that debuffs you or messes you up in some way, and yeah. Well, there's... So, especially on the third floor... Sorry, this is just very specific Slay the Spire corner mm -hmm. time because I never get to talk about this game, but... <laughs> um, the, uh, the third floor, the bosses that come up are kind of specifically designed to address certain types of decks yeah. um so there's one called the time eater and you're only allowed to play 12 cards before uh before they cancel whatever your next move would be and then they have a move that they do yeah. so 
the silent, like the middle, like the the assassin character, you can you can have a a, a build where you play all these uh, cards called shivs, and they're you can oh, generate yeah. a ton of them, and they cost zero. And if you have the right relics and the right powers, you can do a ton of damage with shivs. Yeah. But you're required to play a lot of them. Yeah. And so the time eater is like specifically designed to keep you from playing lots of cards, <laughs> you know? Uh, and then there's another one I think it's called the awoken or the, I can't remember what it is. It's one of the third, third, uh, third floor bosses. Yeah. Their whole thing is every time you play a power card, it gains a strength. Yeah. So it, if you're playing the defect, the defect is usually pretty heavy on powers. Mm -hmm. So if you're running a really power-heavy mm -hmm. deck, you're going to give strength to the boss yeah. every single time you use one. And so it's just they're just really interesting uh, uh, counters. Uh -huh. So it's it, it, it always makes for a, a pretty challenging fight, or a lot of the time. I, so I think that's what's really surprising in a little indie game like that, for it to be as well-balanced as it is, is mm -hmm. phenomenal and really surprising. Yeah. Um, so... If uh if the developers of uh Slay the Spire ever watch this podcast, well done. Uh you have Seriously. You have slayed the dragon. <laughs> I hope that they're making I really I hope that they are making all of the money and mm -hmm. that they just keep on making awesome games because Slay the Spire is such a great sleeper kind of hit. Yeah. It's not I mean it's it doesn't feel like it's that well known, but it's got crazy positive reviews on yeah. Steam. I feel like everyone who really plays it Oh, sorry. Just opened up pictures on my computer. Whoops, hold on. <laughs> um, everyone who really plays that game like has really positive things to say about it. It's really well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. So I'm glad you're getting into it. I'm glad. Uh, I, <laughs> I wish it was something that we could like play together. Yeah, uh, because that, that's that's kind of yeah. one of the things that I really love about video games is the cooperative aspect. Um, I really like yeah. cooperative games. Um, that's always been my my jam. Uh, yeah. So. Um, so I had a kind of a question, piggyback question off of the Star Wars thing. Uh, you didn't like Fallen Order as much as far as story or whatever. That seems to kind of, oh, yeah. kind of be a running theme right now with a lot of Star Wars um, properties. <laughs> what's what's the draw to it? What do you think people latch on to? What do you latch on to about the Star Wars franchise? So this is an area where I have lots of really unpopular opinions. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh please please vent your disdain for anything that skit says in the chat and uh we will be sure to read them out <laughs> yeah <loud>. seriously <laughs> send all complaints to my twitter um no I, I i don't have very popular opinions about this um for me i mean part of it is nostalgia like i grew up watching star wars so there's a part of me that just loves star wars yeah like just intrinsically i like star wars i like the universe lightsabers are inherently cool yeah. like there's nothing uncool about a lightsaber it is amazing in and of itself yeah. um you know the force is a great thing it's just all that stuff is really cool so so if it says star wars and then i want to give it a chance yeah right um uh and then there's of course there's like the philosophy behind it i think is interesting i don't agree with a lot of the philosophical underpinnings of star wars mm -hmm. but uh I, you know i think that they're interesting to uh, engage with and to think through um, and so stories, I think that really, uh, that really, I guess, highlight that or, 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 or explore it in a really interesting way. I'm very drawn to. So that's yeah. why, that's one of the reasons why I loved, uh, the last Jedi. Yeah. I actually 
The Last Jedi might be my favorite Star Wars movie. So that's that. This is an example of a very unpopular opinion. A lot of people hate that movie a yeah. lot, um, and I love it. I thought it was one of the f- one of the first Star Wars movies to surprise me mm-hmm. um, since ever. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, I thought it was a really interesting look on the nature of good and evil. Uh, and how like there's uh, especially in the Star Wars universe, there's a lot of like there's a lot of talk of like balance between balance between the light and the dark. Sorry, yeah. this is totally a side tangent again. I'm going, <laughs> going off of, like so. For example, like if you look at the uh, prequels, like George Lucas was all about this prophecy or whatever that Anakin would bring balance to the Force. He yeah. would bring balance to the Force. He did no such thing in any <laughs> in any iteration of the work that he did. He didn't bring balance anywhere uh-huh. either. In one stage of his life, he killed all of the Jedi. Yeah. So he brought he he made the force super unbalanced, and then later on he killed the Sith, like he killed the Emperor and helped bring down the fall of the Empire, which brought the Jedi back up. Which means that the force was still not balanced. Mm-hmm. Like I think that I think that the the story itself doesn't understand what it's saying when it talks about being balanced. Yeah. And I think that the Last Jedi was in this moving in this really interesting direction where it was uh, where Ray had the opportunity to kind of be. To kind of rewrite some of the rules about yeah. what it means to be a Jedi, like where it could have been like, we can still do good and like have per- like close personal relationships, uh-huh. and you know, because <laughs> that was like part of the baggage from the from the um, from the time of the Jedi was yeah. like, you know, you can't you can't you can't have romantic relationships, and you have to get rid of all attachment and all this yeah. stuff that's. That I that I happen to disagree with. Yeah. What are you fighting uh, for? And I thought, at that point. Yeah, exactly. What yeah. are you fighting for? And then it's and then it's on top of that, it's inherently contradictory right. because, you know, it's they're they're very committed to a lot of things, right. you know, to, to their standards and their rules. Uh, and they don't want to let those go to the point where they would, you know, I don't know. They're and then they're supposed to be like these kind of monks who are also like generals in the army. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's just kind of a there's a lot of stuff that you're like, okay, the original Jedi Order was messed up in a lot of ways, and it looked like the direction they were going in uh, could have been really cool. And like, I thought the rise of Skywalker, I thought Skywalker was eventually going to be a new term made for gray Jedi. Mm, yeah, yeah. So, so like Jedi who are kind of on this balance of like, you know, they're not evil, you know, they're they're, but they're also not like. They're not like original Jedi. They're kind of they kind of ride that line there, and I thought that would have been a lot more interesting than Ray at the end of the movie being like some random old woman is, <laughs> is asking her who she is, and she says Ray Star Wars from the movie Star Wars. Um, <laughs> I, just, I just thought it was really dumb. Anyway, um, so yeah, going back to your original question, like what do I think is interesting about it, like. I think pretty much anything that has to do with Star Wars is pretty pretty much cool. Yeah, uh, I am I am pretty tired of stuff that is being done in the um, Skywalker saga. Like, just move away from that. Yeah. Um, like Rogue One. I mean, not Rogue One. Sorry, someone put Rogue One in the chat. I thought Rogue One was pretty interesting as well. Yeah. But like, as far as Jedi Fallen Order, I didn't like it because it took place. <laughs> I, I kind of started off against it because it took place in between episodes three and four. Well, I already know that 
this guy, Cal, is not going to overthrow the Empire or beat mm-hmm. Darth Vader. Like, I already know all that stuff's not going to happen because it can't. Yeah, <laughs> right. So, so there's a part of me that's just like, break off. You have a whole universe yeah. uh, to tell cool stories with. So stop going back to this area. Like, I think about Knights of the Old Republic and how awesome those games were because you never you literally had no reference for anything yeah. you just everything could be surprising um and that's what the mandalorian is doing they i mean they're completely separate from the skywalker stuff i would agree with that up until the last episode which i, I won't talk about yeah, i didn't watch i haven't watched the like the last uh i think i watched the first five <laughs> but then we had to cancel our disney plus subscription so i haven't seen it yet the last <laughs> gotcha well, if you ever need to borrow ours, what? Well, no, I'm. I we don't support that. But if you ever do, just text me. Gotcha. Um, and we'll, <laughs> you can watch it. <laughs> um, and so I won't talk about it. But I do feel like they kind of veered. Like they started off like, I don't know anything about the Mandalorian. I don't know yeah. anything about the Asai characters. Like there's literally so much potential for what could happen here. Yeah, right. That could surprise me and really, really interesting. Uh, and then they, it seems like they kind of veered back into that. Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, what's already known a little bit, not much, but just a little bit that made me go like, oh, I just I would have liked a different decision there. Anyway, well, they did that with Boba Fett um, um, when he showed up. Um, yeah, so, but at the same time, like you didn't expect him to be there, sure. and you mm-hmm. don't know where he goes from there. That's so, true. Yeah, that's very yeah, true. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think I think what they have, I, you've said it too, um, is foundational stuff. The the world, the universe, the kind of building blocks of the of that yeah. world is is really good. Um, but yeah, I think the the very specifics of the story, I think, are, are they're too sporadic. They're not as focused as they should be. And uh, yeah, I think uh, I think they're kind of trying to do that because they have this like Star Wars task force. Um, I don't know if you've heard about this, but like they're overseeing every aspect of the Star Wars franchise now. So from video games, comic books, TV shows, movies. I think I have like heard that. that. Yeah. Going forward, they want to have more of a co- cohesive kind of way that these these things yeah. are being kind of explored and told, rather than like the sporadic. Oh, we're gonna go with this guy's ideas. Well, for the next one, let's go with this guy's ideas. Um, which that right, that right. ends up being kind of a nightmare, I think, for the franchise and for any <laughs> fan of the franchise. A hundred percent. I mean, that's that's a big problem with the last trilogy uh-huh. was that there was no unifying direction. So yeah. Abrams came in, did basically uh, a new hope over again, but it was a fun movie yeah. and it looked great and it was really good characters. Mm-hmm. And then I thought that. Um, Ryan Johnson did a great job on the second movie and took it in a really different direction than you were expecting and kind of set up all this like stuff that I was like, I genuinely don't know what's going to happen in the next yeah. movie. I have no clue what's going to happen in the next movie. And then the next movie came out and it was like, oh, we're going to retcon all that stuff from the second movie because we didn't like it, but we let him do it anyway yeah. because we had no, you know, we have, we have no direction that we wanted to go in in the first yeah. place. So it's just, yeah, They're it, constantly was, like it was going back and trying to touch and like wrap up things. And it's just not good. Like, I mean, if, if you're going to do a trilogy like that, then you need to make sure that the captains is the same for, for the whole trip rather than like switching out captains. Um, Absolutely. So, you need somebody who has a strong, who has a strong, 
uh, vision for what they want to do. Yeah. Like we talked about vision and game development yeah, early on in the podcast. And we talked about like how you have a game like God of War, who I was watching a, a review of it. Um, and this guy named Dunkey does really good video game reviews. And one of the things he says was it's a, it's a game by over two, it's a game made by over 200 developers. And it comes across as one, like basically like one yeah, person's absolutely. vision. It's unified. Everything moves in that direction. It's really awesome in that way. And then you come to something like Star Wars and it's like it's pulled in like four different directions at the same time yeah. instead of being a unified vision, yeah. uh, which is frustrating. Well, that's kind of the the main thing of the God of War. Um, that that game, um, uh, what's his name? Cory Barlog. Like, he's yeah. the guy. He, he was the one that directed the whole thing and like made sure... Everybody was on the same page. Same thing for the um, the Last of Us franchise. Um, what's his name? Neil uh, Druckmann? Dr- Druckmann. Neil Druckmann. Druckmann yeah, yeah, same thing. Yeah. Like you know these guys' names because they're the one that's helming the ship. They're the one that is yeah. making sure that there's a unified vision throughout the entire team, throughout the entire story, and that's what needs to happen with with right. these um, with these franchises. Um, and well, so- and the th- and the thing about Sorry, just to yeah, yeah. hop off on Neil on the Neil Druckmann thing, and I, I haven't actually played this game, and I probably never will. But um, you know, The Last of Us Two, yeah, it you know it's it's a very divisive game, yeah. But there's no doubt that Neil Druckmann and his crew made that game because they wanted to tell a specific story, yeah, absolutely. And they weren't they weren't making that decision based off committee or what was going to be popular or what would sell the most games mm-hmm. or you know there's like we want to tell this story mm-hmm. and I've, I've heard some broad strokes from the story and I think it sounds really compelling. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. Uh, but I can understand a lot of people didn't care for it and that makes sense to me as well. But, uh, you know, it's just one of those things where I, I feel like even if I don't like where a story goes, if I can see that the director had a clear vision and had sure. a purpose in telling that story beyond, you know, making some money, yeah. uh, I can at least respect it. And so, yeah. Well, I've been trying to stay away from any spoilers for that, for that game. Cause I, I do plan on playing it, but the whole, whole idea that I can see the whole, whole thing was we need to cut ties with the first game so we can make the second game stand on its own, which I, I think is, is a fine idea. I think, the story yeah. still continues. You're still telling this, this story in this world, um, and I think I can respect that decision, even though a lot of people um, weren't for it. But I mean, I, I think it, it's a it's a good idea, and I think um, I mean it won like so many awards, um, and because of, of everything, the, the the acting or the voice acting, the the gameplay, the the visual effects, the, the music, the sound sound yeah. design, everything. Yeah. on it is just really really good and so um again it's like you have the captain that is making sure that all that stuff is on track and going the right direction yep. and everybody is on the same page yep. so that is absolutely speaking what of to happen with the star wars franchise. speaking of a of a capable captain let's talk about you Firefly? dungeon master oh <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Dungeon Master. Seriously, dude, I haven't told you this in person, but I've been super impressed with the amount of work and creativity that you've put into this. It's oh, been thanks, man. It's been really cool to see it unfold, uh, especially with all these different storylines that are converging, all these different characters that yeah. you are kind of already anticipating. Like, I don't know how you anticipate so many different decisions that are being made, especially with Kyle in the group. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Kyle's a wild card for sure. 
he he plays he's so chaotic neutral it's yeah. insane um he just he just kind of does whatever's next which is hilarious yeah because uh, i'm i'm very like I, I didn't know this about myself until i started playing but i'm very lawful good yeah <laughs> yeah yeah uh which is really really kind of interesting um okay so anyone who might be listening Chuck. to uh, <laughs> charles you'll be remembered um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, if any, anyone listening to the, the podcast, uh, we started uh, playing D&D. Um, I'm DMing, Dungeon Mastering, a game uh, for Skitch and five other people. And uh, it's been really fun. I spent about probably two or three months world building before I played the yeah. first Session Zero, I think, with, with uh, Jordan. Um, and then just been building, it's apparent too. building yeah. off of, of everything that's been going on. <clears throat> and it's always started with kind of just like a rough idea, rough plots, that sort of thing. But then, like, as ideas come, I, I put them down in the a Google Sheets and Google Doc that I have going. Um, yeah. And, like, even if I'm if I'm driving, I'll, like, open it up and do, like, uh, speech to text and just, like, like word vomit ideas just onto the page. Um, uh and so it's been it's been really really fun and i'm super super excited because like you guys are hard to read as players you guys are hard to read whether you're engaged in the story or not whether you just like are just trying to get through it like the video game kind of mentality if you're not enjoying something Uh you just try to get through it or if you really are like i want to know more about this world or this person or this thing this organization this (laughs) this town city whatever and so i'm 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 having a hard time reading you guys on that (laughs) Um, but I'm, I'm trying to, to make sure that like, there's enough intrigue in the story. Um, so like when I mentioned the blue door, um, uh, you know, when you guys approach the city and I, you had that memory flashback, um, that sort of thing, those, those little things I'm trying to make sure are kind of, um, and one of my favorite was when Kyle, he had his little conversation with, uh, with the guy that contacted him, you know, none, nobody else heard that, but you guys were able to kind of like peek in as, as in real life, uh, kind of hear what's going yeah. on and yeah. like having that story and watching his like body language and his facial expressions. And like, he was not expecting it at all. <laughs> and then like at the end where I mentioned like how he was able to, to speak to, to Kyle, that guy was able to speak to Kyle. You can see David, he just started smiling a little bit. It's like, Oh, I've been caught. Um, oh no um, so like you know he's kind of a, a free-flowing guy he's kind of it, david is like that but also kyle the character is is very much like that go with the flow you know make yeah jokes yeah we definitely noticed that yeah so like now it's like he stepped in it so uh what's gonna happen now because it's not so happy-go-lucky anymore this guy uh. wants something back and interesting it's going to be interesting to see how he handles that because this is kind of a really important thing so i'm going to be i think it's also interesting that when you get it's interesting when you get like multiple people together to do it too because if it was like just me like i can remember especially now like as i'm more comfortable playing in the character and just just stepping into that world I think I probably would do a little bit more story exploration, meeting different characters, figuring out what's going on. But you know, there's six of us, yeah, exactly. and like, and you got you got like 
Kyle and Enajo are like just like just kill him, yeah. you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that was such an interesting because the, the party split 50-50 on what they wanted to do with him with with Charles, and uh, yeah, at the end of it, like Enajo just made the decision and killed him, and then like and just killed him. I was okay. So as Church, what what is Church thinking now about that situation and about Enajo? So I mean. Church is, uh, he's upset at, at the death because he, I don't know. It's not, it's not, it's not that church wasn't willing to kill Charles, like church, church, church was. Um, but it was also one of those things where like church is, is committed. He, if he, if he makes an oath, he tries to keep to that oath and, um, and, I do think that Charles kind of got off on a technicality in the arrangement, you yeah, know, and just right. kind of like, you know, didn't answer the question really. So it was one of those things where I didn't really hold myself to a high standard on keeping him alive. Yeah. Um, but that's because, another thing. In Char- you know, and at the in, same time, it was also like. In Charles' eyes, he answered the question. You know, that's kind of the thing. Yeah. And no. And then Charles, of course, was kind of like. Charles was also difficult because he was he was kind of fixed on. You know, either give me like fourteen thousand gold or just kill me off. You know, and you're like, really, you're not willing to like take a little bit and take your chances. Like Charles was very, very, honestly, kind of stupid. Uh, <laughs> well, he was stuck between so, a, a rock and a really, really hard place. You know, like, yeah, but this was but, supposed to but, be his payday to for him to like flee. But I think I think a mercenary at every chance would say. Yes, I will take my chances with living. Like instead of guarantee that you kill me uh-huh. or you give me more money than you actually have, mm-hmm. to me it's like you would pick. Okay, so, you would pick a small payout and the chance to live. You so, know. But anyway, none of you guys might have thought about. I actually had a little bit of a discussion with Ashley about this, but you guys might have thought not have thought about this as much. But should that inform you a little bit about the organization that he worked for? I, I mean, I guess it might, but then, of course, it was, like, me asking him. Sorry, I know for anybody who's listening to this and hasn't been paying attention to the uh, <laughs> to the story, uh, this is kind of uh, specific. Tonight's, like, a night for tangents, yeah. I guess. Um, but to me, it's kind of letting – I don't know if it just has to do with, like, who they recruit, the kind of people they recruit, mm-hmm. or if he was just that convinced that it didn't matter. Like, he would die no matter what. Yeah. Um, you know, which could be the case. I mean, from what we understand, Fate's grip is and like kind of everywhere, mm-hmm. and so he probably would have died. But it just seems like he probably could have figured out a way to parlay that situation into something beneficial for him, rather than just being like, "Yeah, just kill me." Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's kind of. But I mean, and I'm not questioning your decisions yeah. there. I just think like. As far as like trying to work with this guy, because yeah. we couldn't just let him go. Like we needed information, right? Um, and I can understand why everyone else was getting tired of it. And so I felt like, yeah. well, you kind of, you kind of, you know, you kind of uh, cheated your way out of answering the question, and 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 Inigo just stepped in and mm-hmm. killed him. So I I couldn't really do much, and I wasn't going to turn on Inigo, right? Okay, because I feel I feel a, a better sense of a of, of allegiance or alliance with him. Okay. So did your uh, but at the same time it was it was definitely not my preference. Did your did your opinion or thoughts about Inigo change in any way after that? 
I mean, not not really. Okay. I mean, uh, it, I guess it was like, you know, as the as the char- like churches, church is probably going to be aware that Enajo, uh is is going to take a different tack than him. Sure, you know. Which can be really useful in a fight, but if we're trying to negotiate with somebody, not so much. Right. Which a uh, part of me is thinking, like, how much of Inajo is actually Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> well, the same thing with shirts. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I am. I am lawful good. Yeah. Like I. Like I. When I play Star. Like when I play Kotor, I play as like. Yeah. <laughs> Full good Jedi because I feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> I personally feel bad playing as a Sith. Right. <laughs> and so I play as like lawful good, and that's yeah. how church is turning out to be as well. You know, so yeah. it's, it's an interesting thing there. Yeah, I'm really interested for you guys for this next session because, um, like, so much progressed in the last session. You guys are kind of like, I, I really don't know where you guys might go from here, from, from where you guys ended. Um, but I was hoping that, um, I'm hoping that you guys explore a little bit more and you guys kind of try to ask more questions about those things that I brought up. Cause like the last session was more about bringing to light things. And so, um, I also think the crew might be having a hard time finding a balance there because mm-hmm. we literally spent three hours getting out of yeah. a cart, <laughs> you know, <laughs> On one night, yeah. you know, versus like the next thing we got to do was have like a two and a half hour long battle, yeah. which was awesome. And and so you can kind of feel like things are moving real slow. Yeah, I was worried about that. Like I adjusted <laughs> I adjusted the next session after the combat thing. I adjusted session three based off of the first and second sessions thinking like, OK, you guys are you guys are probably going to approach it a different way. So I need to be very cognizant about how things reveal themselves or, you know, where things might be or, you know, when you guys talk to people, like how much information should yeah. a person be willing to divulge? Cause in the video game world, it's just like, all right, you just ask a series of questions, you get your answers, whatever. But in D yeah. D it's yeah. very much, uh, you're talking to a real person and me, I'm talking on behalf of a specific personality, a spe- yeah. specific archetype, a specific person, who has a backstory and would respond a certain way based on you guys. So like Shaw, when you guys were having this conversation with Shaw, you had two guys in your party that were lying to him. (laughs) And it should have been pretty obvious that he knew who you guys were. So, it was like, obvious, but Kyle kept on leaning into it. So the thing was, and then the, like Jordan, he finally got that. Like he finally told who he was, and he got an answer to what he was wanting. You know, he was he was able to find out. Yeah, his sister did come through. Here. <laughs> A Triton did come through, and it was his sister, and that sort of thing. So, right, um, right. So it, it's, you know, I have to play that. In some some respects, I want to try to make sure that I'm not just like giving you guys all the answers and we're not playing with god yeah. mode on but yeah at the same right. time i have to like try to balance that uh <laughs> okay well if if you're gonna lie to this character then this npc is not gonna play game you know play play fair as well so which i dig that stuff but at the same and you know in, the, in other ways i'm thinking like it probably would have been better to have inajo or kyle or something like that go up to the barkeep because i just went up and was like Hey, I'm church. We're looking for face yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know? What if this whole bar was uh, full of face grip people? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, and part of me is like, well, if we get in a huge fight, 
that'll be fun. Yeah. So I don't really care. And at the same time, like my character is not, I'm not deceptive. Yeah. Like that's not my character. So, um, I, I think it's like, I'm committed to personally being a certain way, sure. but if my crewmates, like if my, if my, uh, you know, if, if my, if my party has different methods of getting things done and that they feel fine with, yeah. then I'm, I'm okay with that. You know, I think, uh, I think, I, I think, um, the communication between the, in the party is, um, definitely evolving. And so that's something you guys are <laughs> working on. Cause like yeah. the, really, honestly, the only interaction you guys had to be able to do that thing was that interrogation of Charles and, since then you guys haven't been able to figure out what's your communication method. Who's the best at doing what? Like if, if someone's <laughs> going to go talk to an NPC, should it be the whole party or who are you going to send? So, um, I will say, I'm going to toot my own horn. We didn't get anywhere with Charles until I sat down with him. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, uh, most, I think this is with real life and in, in reality, if you're going to show that you're like, honestly talking to them and you're listening then you're probably going to get something back. Whereas, you know, a lot of times um, if you're going to try to throw the hammer down, uh, you might not get the response you want because you're it's playing like, kind of a 50, 50 game there. So it's like when Dwight is threatening the, the teenager and he's like, yeah, no, the key is to let it let you think you're going to hurt him. And he's like, I can hear you. He's like, shut up or I'll punch you in the throat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm really interested to see this kind of dynamic in the party, but also just to see how yeah. you guys progress. Um, there's so much, there's so much, um, yeah, there's just, I'm excited about it. So it makes me fun. So I'm really interested to see uh, what the next session holds. Um, can we take a quick break and then, yeah. uh, we'll continue. Yeah, that's fine. We got like 20 minutes still left on the clock. For, the, All right. for my countdown timer or whatever. Okay, sounds good. Chat. Thanks for hanging out. Seth, what, no lightning? I'm I'm a terrible streamer. I'm not even sure what that was referring to. I, I apologize. But if you can remind me of the context, then maybe I can answer what the lightning was for. <laughs> yes, I, Vicky, I also want to know, what was Jordan doing when he put something in his mouth? Audience vote didn't matter. I tried to make it matter. I did. I tried. I tried to save Charles. No Path of the Sith. So like, way back in the day, right when KOTOR came out, I played two different save files. One was all good. The other one was all evil. And I just... I kind of quit on the evil one. I just like couldn't keep going. But yes, I I do agree that that stuff is fun, and usually like I I like allow myself to. But I do. I genuinely feel bad. <laughs> what the gym was that Ashton interacted with. You guys are amazing too because you have like great memories of stuff. Oh oh, the thing that she picked up from the dude that was killed. Right the the dude uh, uh what that it's like the. The figure killed, like, we, we didn't know who it was. I've gone dark, like, many times. It's gross. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, You get all wrinkly and nasty. I was just I was just talking to Vicky and uh, Seth because they do a great job, like, 
they want to know, like they were telling you, like yeah. they want to know what's going on. Like they want to know about the blue door. They want to know what Gerodos was doing when he put that thing in his mouth. They want to know about like the gem that oh, yeah, uh, yeah. metal picked up. Like they, they're remembering a lot of this stuff. Um, uh, you guys got any questions? I see one. I want to know what the gem was in Ash and Eric. But... So I feel like that's a big part of her story that I don't know that we can know about outside of it. Yeah. Um, well, uh, Kyle knows that it was a recording stone so yeah. essentially um it um this is kind of just general knowledge so it's it's not a big deal if you know this <clears throat> um recording stones are essentially gemstones that are enchanted and the um bicep slicer um yeah uh the hey what's up bicep um if the gem is empty if the stone is empty um the person who has it can speak a message into it and um, they have essentially with that message is imbued the idea of a, um, a recipient of that message. And only that recipient can hear the message. So if anyone else tried to hear the message, <laughs> they would just hear murmurs and whispers and that sort of thing. But they wouldn't be able to hear the details of the message. Um, so um, that's what that was. Um, as far as the details of the, the message itself... Um, I can't really talk too much about it. I gave uh, Ashton a transcript um, of what the message said. <clears throat> um, but um, she is kind of getting this idea that it's a message from her dad. Um, and That's so, what it seemed like. Yeah. Um, but you guys, no one knows anything else about her backstory, so I can't really talk nope. too much about that. So, uh, which, yeah. would be, which would be a good, interesting point because she's picked up this stone and then she just started listening and no one else could hear what was being said so she just sat there for like a minute or two just listening as everybody else just kind of watched um and didn't really hear anything so i will say it's also an interesting thing like as someone who's playing the game to like have heard the message but i'm not supposed to have heard the message yeah i mean it's really <laughs> difficult because like if we we're if we we're all playing in a room, there, a lot of things change because we're playing online. But if we we're all playing in a room, it would have been one of those things where I just asked everyone, "Hey, go take a break. I'm going to play this message for for Ashton or uh, for yeah. Metal." Yeah, yeah. Or if like that makes sense. like a lot of these things, like the dreams or memories or things like that, it would have been like, "Hey, uh, step into this other room. I'm going to kind of um, we're going to have this quick conversation. You guys take ten minutes, that sort of thing." But since we're playing online, I have to just kind of do it and. Uh, you, the, t the text conversations you were having with Jordan during the uh, Charles situation, I was so I was like, "What is happening?" <laughs> so, um, you guys did know this. He pulled a note out of his pocket at one point um, at the end of combat after the second session. Yeah, and no one addressed it. I was yep, like, "No one addressed it." Um, I tried to ask about it, and like no one else followed up with it. I was like, "Why isn't anybody else asking about this? this is clearly something we're supposed to know." <laughs> Which me, I still don't know what he was thinking on it uh it's one of those mm -hmm. things where i have to split my attention if if you guys tax me like that and i'm okay with doing that if you guys want to do a quick thing and, and we're fine but we kept sending sure, messages sure. back and forth and that gets really difficult for me to try to to um to balance both of those things but um yeah yeah he was trying to do things very stealthily which at the same time like which is fine but at the same time like just just say it in front of everybody and then um if someone tries uh, to address it i just say you weren't there you didn't hear it so there's no role on it you didn't hear it you know that sort of thing so it's really hard 
when we're playing on uh, online, we just have to. I just have to assume or believe that you guys aren't gonna aren't gonna meta game as much as possible. And so, <laughs> so far, yeah. you guys are doing pretty well. Um, but that's kind of the hard part about some of this stuff. You know, he wanted to try to do something sure. secret. That's why I had most of you guys roll a perception roll. Is he rolled really low on that stealth check, <laughs> and then you guys <laughs> passively were able to just see him like put something in his mouth. <laughs> you know, so of course that's gonna that's be suspicious. Hilarious. But I had I had him roll uh, a Constitution check and a Stealth check, one to see if he could stealthily do it, and two to see if he wouldn't choke on it. And so, um, <laughs> uh, Sifoli, no, you can't really. Um, well, the, and the funny thing about that, okay. uh, no, I was just gonna say the funny thing about that is we all rolled the Perception check, but as we might as well not have because no one acted upon it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys saw it, and then yeah, no one acted on it. It's like it's like when Kyle was like the only person who couldn't see that thing that was happening that yeah. everyone else could. <laughs> right. uh, so fully, oh, uh, no, you can't mute one person and not the others. Like uh, if you mute one character, they can't. None, none of us could hear it. So even me, I wouldn't be able to hear what they were saying. So if me and and Gerodos wanted to have a con- conversation, like I wouldn't be able to hear what he's saying because he's muted for me and everybody. So you can't just right. solo mute one person, which I hope in the future Skype will, will implement. I don't think any any program does that at this point. Um, uh, Charles, did you have a plan I, for Charles? The only thing... Go ahead. The only thing that would be different is, I mean, I think if you do Discord, I mean, Discord, you can deafen yourself in a call. Like, so you can't hear what's being said, and yeah. you, you could choose to do that for everybody. Um, yes, but then we would have to shift to another um, another thing. No, I know. Cause, I, I, oh, I'm aware. I'm yeah. just saying that, that that is a program that does have that option. Um, which I would love to, I would love to be, be on Discord. They have everything but being able to capture everybody's video individually, which right. that's kind of the breaking point for me. Discord, everybody's been everybody's been hammering discord to add that especially with like D D games like that's been a big thing uh to be able to stream uh to twitch and individually capture right. individual so um uh mr vicky Burger, right, did right. you have a plan if charles lived uh that's kind of like 50 percent of what dms do is just improv so if he lived, I would have just seen what they would have done with Charles. Would they have let him go? Would they have that sort of thing? If I'm really on the fence about something, I'll roll. So if, like, let's say he lived and they let him go, I would have rolled whether he would have tried to go back to Fate's Grip and tell them or if he would have just fleed and tried to um, try to evade Fate's Grip and see if he would have survived. Because, like, it's going to be hard for him to make any sort of money now because now he's um, supposedly supposed to be dead, but he's he's branded. So it's going to be really difficult for him to hide from an organization that has their, um, their reach pretty much everywhere. So... <clears throat> Indeed. So I might have rolled... Um, Honestly, Charles's personality would have been one that maybe he would have tried to survive because he doesn't think Fate's grip would have um, let him live. Um, you know, everybody else died and he was able to live, and then he brings back what information about them. He doesn't have any information about them other than that they're still alive. So he probably wouldn't have believed that they would have left him alive, so he probably would have tried to flee and survive, and that probably could have been something um, that might have come up later or not, but... Um, usually I try to make 
split decisions on that sort of stuff and just kind of go with it. Like the name, little DMing thing, the name Charles, I just made that up on the spot. And it was really funny that you guys thought that it was a fake name. <laughs> so, you guys, yeah, I was like, Charles. A couple of you guys rolled an insight check on that. And I was like, yeah, that's his name. That's the one I made up right now. Um, I know. And I so know, that's funny. That was really funny. Uh, so, well, let's let's uh, let's jump forward, technologically speaking, mm-hmm. to uh, next gen consoles. Yeah. Oh, um, it's looking like we're gonna play the next session uh, next Tuesday. So yeah, ten- Tuesday, tentatively, be... we're planning for that. The sixteenth. Um, are you planning on streaming that? Probably. Okay. So we're gonna. Um, I'm gonna stream that on the Osnato Gaming channel, and Skitch will have it streamed on his channel as well. So feel free to check in on that. And um, if I'm not as active on the chat, I'm really sorry. I've got. I'm. I'm pretty like taxed already trying to um, keep track of all the players and everything like that, but. You know, feel free to to speak in the chat. Um, I think Ben's doing a really good job of of um, communicating with you guys in the chat too. So awesome! I tried to. Thank you, Nightbot. Um, yeah. So next next gen gaming, next gen consoles. Uh, this has Yeesh. been kind of a weird launch slash whatever <laughs> we're calling it. Um, yeah. It launched. Um, with pretty terrible kind of people not being able to get it. We, I think we talked about that in the last last episode, you not being able to get it in your excursion into town to try to find <laughs> you uh, a console. But now you have one, right? Right. I do. I do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was able to get one. They were, they were restocking them at walmart.com, mm-hmm. and I set up my account and payment method and everything beforehand and when they went live i was just refreshing like a <laughs> madman and got it in my cart and paid for it yeah. and uh yeah so i got it at, i got it i want to say early december like december 10th yeah i think, I think is when right. i got it yeah yeah so you've had it for a little over a month now and um so like a uh, oh, month and a half yeah before we get into like your experience with it um kind of where we're at right now is we're not hearing too much about the series x and s um the xbox <clears throat> um still hard to get one but we're not hearing too much about it a lot of people are talking about ps5 and scalpers uh it's really really Oof. frustrating because like they're making millions off of um the demand for these and the, the demand and supply and it's really really frustrating to see like <clears throat> the way they're going about it and uh, this is kind of like the mi- microtransaction talk you have that small percentage that's willing to to pay for it at a really ridiculous price which is not going to make scalpers yeah. go away and um yeah. that's kind of where we're sitting like the 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 demand for it is still high but the supply for it is not not there and so we're in this I think, kind of weird place i think hopefully there I want to say I read something about some legislation that's going to be cracking down on scalpers. I think it was in Europe or the UK. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's about time. I mean, this this kind of thing is ridiculous. Yeah. I also don't know why retailers don't... I feel like I feel like they just don't care. Like, they don't. they're making their money, yeah, they so are. they don't care if it's, if it's being... But, but, I don't know. It's very a frustrating thing because it just seems like there's probably a better system that you could do mm-hmm. like sending a code through an email or reserving something yeah. like, or like one purchase for one cra- I don't know how they would do it exactly, but 
it seems like there's got to be a solution to this. Um, I think so the, I don't really know why. I think the payment method would be a good good way, like one payment method per console or whatever. But this, I mean, do these scalpers have like thirty different credit cards? I mean, is that a thing? Even so, they wouldn't be able to buy three thousand copies or three thousand consoles. You know, if they were to do that, yeah. they would still be limited. Um, but it's really really frustrating um, uh, because like I think like. Microsoft and PlayStation, Sony are really pissed off because they're the ones that aren't making the money off of those increased prices. Yeah, that's true. Um, they're actually losing money for every sale on these consoles. And these scalpers are making millions on it. And these retailers are the ones that are screwing over these these manufacturers, which I think Microsoft and Sony, they need to cut ties with these retailers if they're not going to crack down on this stuff because that's that's really really crappy thing like they're partnering with these retailers and those retailers are screwing over the manufacturer because the retailers are making their money but microsoft and sony are losing money on these on these uh products like that doesn't make sense to me yeah. um i don't know yeah it's a it's a really annoying thing but. yeah and so but the the performance aspect i think um we're in a really cool place as far as performance and um what's your experience been like with the series x so far with uh you know, with, with what you've been playing. I know we don't have any next gen yeah. titles out yet, but, um, but there are next gen versions of older titles. So, sure. um, like destiny two got its upgrade and it is gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, it, it runs smoother on my Xbox than it does on my PC. <laughs> um, and like I have smoother frame rates and I think technically it runs at a, I think it runs at a higher resolution, but I don't have a monitor that can run at 4k. So right, I don't right. know. Uh, like I think it's just at 1080p for me, but yeah. that's we've talked about this. I have a hard time kind of <laughs> telling the day. It's like, are there 180 more P's in this picture than uh, the other one? I don't know. Um, uh, sorry, Biosub just wrote in the chat. I heard Destiny 2 might be getting crossplay. Not might. It's definitely happening. Yeah. It's this year. They've confirmed it a few times. So Destiny 2 is definitely getting crossplay. So that'll be really fun to be able to play with people on PC and Xbox. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work. It might be opt-in for certain things. Yeah. It might be crossplay. Well, no, it'll definitely be crossplay between console and PC mm-hmm. as well because they just they just released some balance changes to weapons based off of the fact that console players and PC players will be playing together. Yeah, right. So, um, so yeah, it's it's coming out this year. I'm not exactly sure when, but I'm really excited about that. Uh, but the game is gorgeous. I mean, it runs at 60 frames per second. No no trouble whatsoever. Yeah. Um, what I've seen in the stream has uh, been really, really pretty. I mean, it runs oh, it's, so it's beautiful. good. Yeah. yeah. The, the motion blur is, is almost gone. How quick and snappy everything feels and looks. Um, I, I, I think it looks great. It looks really, really good. Um, at 1080 for sure. Yeah, it's, it's gorgeous. Um, I will say... Oh, well, sorry. Well, I'll talk about the the positives so far I've had. Um, The quick resume feature, I didn't expect to care about that much, but it actually is really cool. Um, Like when I was playing Control, I would literally just turn off my console Mm -hmm. and turn it back on later on. And, you know, I'd have like the, it'd be like, there's like two different like power saving features on the Xbox. You can have it where you turn it off, but it's still kind of on in the background. Um, and if you have it set to that, like you literally press the button and the console is up and ready to play in less than five seconds. Yeah. And 
basically from there, I could click on control and in less than five seconds from there, basically, you know, r I mean, roughly within 30 seconds, I could turn on my console and be in control right where I left off. Yeah, that's a big uh, deal. And that was, it was really cool. Yeah. I was, I didn't expect to care about that, but then it happened and I just thought, okay, this is neat. I've never done this before. And usually there's like a minute for the console to turn on and a minute for the game to load. And it was just immediate. Yeah. And that was really cool. Um, and then you could switch between things. It's very smooth. Uh, the interface, the interface, I think, works now. I think that they finally got the Xbox One UI to a place where it's almost as good as the Xbox yeah. 360 inter interface. I feel like the, U the UI for the 360 was so clean and easy to navigate. Mm -hmm. And I think that they have finally got the they finally have the Xbox One where it should be. Yeah, it's customizable, and, and I think that very, very much helps being able to customize it. It's customizable, it. and they also just cut out a lot of fluff. Yeah. It's like you can get to the store, you can get to Game Pass, you can get to the games that you have. Mm -hmm. You can do it all really quickly, and that's nice. Um, so I, I, I'm really enjoying that, and it's not really any different than if you had an Xbox One, but I don't really care about that. I, like, I, I don't mind that I don't have to learn a new UI in yeah. order to make this work and navigate the system. Um, so that's fine. Um one, I am having a technical issue with the Xbox, um, and I don't really know what the what the what the deal is with this or how to fix it. Uh -huh. But if I'm playing and I set my controller aside for a second, if I'm idle for a little while, it seems to be like if I'm playing for a while and then I'm idle for like a minute, yeah. uh, and I don't touch my controller or anything, my controller loses its connection to the Xbox. Oh yeah, we actually had that issue. Um, yeah. At one point, you were streaming. We we're playing <coughs> Destiny, I think it was, and. Your controller yeah. would not connect. It, and it won't reconnect. And I've had it where it's like, it literally will not reconnect. I have to turn it off and wait. Sometimes I've had to like hard reset the console. Yeah. Um, and then other times, like today it happened and I actually was able to get the controller to reconnect. Mm. I don't know why. I don't, I don't know what I did differently, but it just started working. Um, I'm thinking like a wired connection would help kind of circumvent that issue, but it's definitely an issue. And I don't, I don't know where the issue is at. Yeah. I don't know if it's within the controller itself or if it's within the Xbox. I've also heard that there's an update I need to have for the firmware for the controller. Mm. Um, but I've been told that, that I need a wired connection for that to happen, uh, which seems kind of odd as well. So I don't know if it's totally legit or not. But um, Have you ever done um, that with your peripherals, like accessories, updating the firmware in that and the um, in your Xbox settings? I, I definitely, I mean, I've definitely updated my controller before, but I think it's usually one that's like pushed. It's okay. like your controller has an update and it makes you, makes you, ha makes it happen. So I can look in the settings and see if there's an update there. Yeah, I've had to do that um, a couple of times with my controllers. You just go in there to the controller and yeah. it just says update and it'll update it and everything like that. So okay. that, that might be I'll something check that, out. That, is, that they've um, pushed out, but haven't. I don't, I, I think um, a lot of um, companies now aren't pushing updates um, to accessories and stuff like that because I know in the audio world or video world, stuff like that, if you push updates, it could make things incompatible or, um, oh, okay. And it really, people get really, really pissed off at that. So um, right. maybe they're kind of following that theory of, of updating peripherals and that sort of thing. So. Yeah, maybe so. I'm, I'm not yeah. sure. So I'll, I'll I'll check that out as a possible solution. Yeah. Um, that one I would say is the biggest issue I'm having. But the other thing I'm having trouble with is like specifically in Destiny 2, I feel like my control my character is moving very slowly, like turns very slowly compared to 
the way it used to on a console, and I really? don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because it's higher resolution. It's not. Um, it's not higher resolution. It might be because the frame rate is so much so much faster. Um, that it, it maybe the thing the thing about that though is I've played on my PC with a controller before. Okay. And it didn't feel like this. Um, but I feel like, and sometimes when I'm like trying to turn my character, it just feels like it feels incredibly slow. And I don't know if it's just something I've got to get used to. Yeah, it could be perception. Um, I I mean, yeah, I mean, you're playing. I don't know. You're you're playing on a on a higher refresh rate. Your resolution hasn't changed because you were playing at a 1080 before. But your 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 refresh rate or your your frames per second has gone up by double, so it might feel sluggish. Uh, which you mentioned that I think last time we were playing, I was like, try to bump in your sensitivity up and see if that helps. Um, but it could be it could be actually yeah. a controller issue because there is there is a connectivity issue because so there might be a lag issue there too as well. So there there might be some lag that might be what's going on, but I because I feel like. Uh, I don't remember what it's called, but it, it seems like there should be there's like a dead space right on an analog stick where you have to move it to a to a certain space before your character starts to move. Oh sure. And it feels acceleration. And I, I feel like that dead space. Yeah, the acceleration or mm -hmm. the dead space has been increased, yeah. and I don't know how to change it. So I, I don't know if I'm the only one that feels that way, but that's something that I've experienced, and I haven't. I, it doesn't feel right i don't know how to fix it but it doesn't feel quite have right have you looked so. in the destiny settings and see if there's like an acceleration because uh i can't remember yeah. what game it was but they actually had a um they had a setting for acceleration and deceleration um so when you're moving in and out of like movements you're able to adjust those things so i don't know if destiny has yeah, it I, or not. i've looked for it okay. i i haven't seen it yet but i'll i'll keep my eyes up open for it but i i don't know what the deal is it might be my controller it might be something else so I'll, I'll keep on looking but that's something i've noticed yeah, yeah. and so that's really interesting um, i mean you have played destiny the same way for like four years so like this being yeah. updating the console, the controller, all that sort of. Have you tried? Um, have you tried connecting your old Xbox One S controller to your Xbox Series S X? I mean, I have, and so far I haven't been able to do it. I don't okay. know if it. I gotcha. Yeah, I thought it was supposed to work, yeah, but I, I haven't been able to make it work. So okay, yeah, that's weird. Um, yeah, Bicep Slice is asking, have you um, checked with the keyboard and mouse and tried that? Uh, no, he's he's not saying that. He's saying that you should play on PC. Oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> well, have you have yeah, you tried a, a keyboard and mouse? Um, on yeah, the I've tried. I mean, I, I I have tried. Yeah, he's trolling. I, I have tried. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he just said it in the chat. Like I knew that's why I didn't respond. <laughs> oh, I can't read fast um, enough. I, I guess. <laughs> no, you're fine. I have um I have plugged a keyboard and a mouse in the uh. The keyboard works on the um, Xbox, and I think if I was to like turn on, if I was to like turn on Internet, Ex well, it's called Bing now, and then or whatever that stupid Internet, Internet Services. Was that you were gonna say? <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know I'm old. Uh, it's what it used to be. What is it now? Seriously, what is it now? Edge, Microsoft Edge. Microsoft Edge. That's Edge, what it is. Yeah. I don't use it, so um, uh, if I turn on Edge, I'm sure that the mouse would work, uh, but. The mouse is not supported on Destiny. <laughs> Jeeps. Yeah. 
if I were to turn on AOL Instant Messenger <laughs> on my Xbox, then I'm sure that the, both would work. But it, yeah, so the mouse does not work; is not supported on Destiny on the Xbox. Gotcha. So, okay. What about yeah, um? Okay, so getting away from like con- connectivity issues, how fast is it to start a game from cold? So n- it not being loaded. You talking about Destiny or any game? Yeah, Destiny. Let's let's say Destiny is kind of a benchmark. Um, how quick is it, like, from it not being loaded to starting it and it being ready to go? I think less than a minute. Really? Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because the console starts up immediately and the game the game loads faster on the Series X than it does on my PC. Okay. I think. Jeez. Okay. All right. I know Control yeah. still takes me like three or four minutes from going <laughs> from the from when yeah. you hit A um, to to continue game to when it loads in still takes two or three minutes. Um, No, it's, it's, it's ridiculously fast. It's insanely fast. That's really cool. Okay. Yeah. Would you say that itself is worth the series X? Um, the faster load series S. Yes. So the, the loading times of games and that sort of thing, would that be worth the new console as opposed to like a, um one x or a one s i mean at this point i would i would say like you need to invest in a new console because they're just gonna be moving in that direction so at this point it doesn't make sense to me to buy an old generation console is the loading time worth like the $500 price tag? Yeah. Probably not on its own, okay. but things like quick resume plus the loading plus 60 FPS yeah. plus, you know, 4k, if you're really into that mm-hmm. plus, you know, plus game, you know, like plus game pass access to like even nicer games. Like I think a lot of that stuff like comes together to be like, yeah, it's worth it. Like it's a, it's a really okay. cool system. I like it a lot. Okay. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's move on to kind of our last thing research the, what you've been, what you've been um, researching on video games. And that's sort of, is it even this if you aren't cruising this way? <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah, yeah. So bicep was asking about like, is it even <laughs> destiny if you're not floating in space for a long time? And the truth is I am terrified to know how much time I've spent loading into things in destiny over the six and a half years I've been playing yeah. destiny one and two. I do not want to know. I'm terrified. Yeah, I wish there was a metric, something you could check, because it's got to be days now um, for me, at least. So Yeah, yeah. So actually, Cephaly had an interesting question. What is the state of your PC for comparing to upgrading to the console? So my PC is not super incredible. I've got a GTX 1050. Uh, I've got a... um, It's a solid state boot drive, though, too. I do have a solid state boot drive. Um, I've got a um, an i5 uh, mm-hmm. as, as far as my CPU goes. So it's like, it's good enough. Like on my PC, I can run Destiny 2 at 60 FPS most of the time. And some places where it's like really populated, it drops down to like 40 frames or something like that. Um, so to me, like it's nice to be able to like, if you're looking at either buying a new PC or buying an Xbox or a PlayStation to be able to run a game like Destiny, it's much more price effective yeah, to buy a new Xbox. Like $500 for the performance you get on that on the game is insane. Yeah. Like it really is. Well, I so, mean, yeah. if you don't care about the 4K aspect, I mean, 300 bucks and you still get everything else. Uh, yeah. And that is pretty incredible. So, yeah, definitely yeah, worth it. That's true. Um, for sure. 
Yeah. Um, yes. So you mentioned research. Um, yeah, I, I thought this was just something that's interesting because I'm I'm looking into video game research. That's what I'm looking at mm-hmm. for my dissertation. I collected data. Um, some of our listeners might have actually filled in some of the survey. If you did that, I'm very very appreciative. <laughs> appreciative. Um, uh, but yeah, I've been kind of looking at different questions, and one of the things I found uh, in my qualifying exam for my dissertation. So a qualifying exam. And in my department is a paper you have to write so that they, your committee will let you write a dissertation. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> excuse me. Um, oh, excuse me. Um, the qualifying exam I looked at, I looked at different measures of game engagement. Yeah. So time spent playing, the content rating of your favorite game, your motivations for playing games, and the social context of play. And I looked at how those variables were related to certain out, certain well-being outcomes. So like depressive symptoms or uh, stress in your life or the amount of social support you have, or your romantic relationship satisfaction or uh, your loneliness, like or personal experiences of loneliness. And I tried to look at it from a very balanced perspective because I think that video games in many contexts are really good and helpful. I think in other contexts, they can be kind of detrimental, kind of depending on what's going on. But I was really interested in comparing those different things because a lot of the research, I'd say the vast majority of the research has been done on game done on games is that um, you uh, a lot of researchers have looked at the amount of time that people spend playing video games mm-hmm. or the content level of those games. Yeah. Um, and usually those things are combined. It's like the amount of time you spent playing a violent game. That's tons of papers have looked at that. Sure. <laughs> um, and a lot of them have found, you know, a lot of them have found some positive correlations or links between playing lots of violent games and having more aggression. There's a there's a whole other podcast we could do like breaking down some of those papers, some of the critiques of those papers. Yeah. Um, one thing I would say is if if someone says there are no links between violent video games and violent outcomes, I would say that's incorrect. I would say that there are links, but those links are complex, right? And they're not always clear. And some of the studies that have done those are not trustworthy. Some of them are, but some of them are not. Some of them are questionable, and there are plenty of research studies that have found no link. Right. Uh, so it's complex. If you're looking at science and something is saying, like, like one really clear thing, like science for the most part is not always in one direction yeah. and everyone's all, all, all agreed that this is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it takes time to look at it, and that's one of the things I like to do. I like to take scientific stuff and try and make it more... Uh, approachable to people who are not constantly studying science. Yeah. But anyway, well, one of the um, reasons why I wanted to look at this is because, uh, what, oh yeah, go ahead. Uh, one of the things to kind of continually to keep in mind is that especially psychological experimentation does not happen in a vacuum. And that's a really difficult part about it is, um, I mean, yeah, you can take a look at aggressive behavior or aggressive games and uh, within a spe- specific demographic but there's also other things that are going on that influence psychological behavior and not just those oh, games. Yeah. And that varies from person to person, which means that if you were to conduct those things in a vacuum, maybe you can come to a better, more specific conclusion. But the thing is, like, that never happens. Otherwise, you would be facing right. really severe ethical issues. 
Um, yeah, and so there and there are some studies that have like included other contexts like peer relationship quality yeah. or parent relationship quality or socioeconomic status or things like that that are correlated with violence or aggression. Uh, and so they're able to look at like unique links between video games and the context of those other things. Sure. But those studies are much more rare. And even then, um, yeah, I think there's just I, mean, I could talk for a long time on this issue, but I would want to have like more information laid out right in front of me sure. so I don't misspeak. Yeah. Um, but yeah, one thing I found was, and this is just a really interesting topic to me, was that when you examine like motivations for play, time spent playing, uh, the content level of the of a person's favorite game, and then their social context, only three things were significantly related to outcomes. Okay, when I say significant, I don't mean practical significance i mean statistically significant right uh which is um <laughs> which is an important distinction to make uh which i can't go into too much but basically like statistical significance does not mean real world noticeable significance sure. it does mean that there's a, an association between variables which is important and helps us understand how things work together but it doesn't explain the full story yeah right um so but what i found was that if if, if you played for diversion okay uh, if you played for fantasy, and if you played by yourself mostly, those things were related to poor outcomes. So diversion, like when examining diversion, meaning yeah. uh, diverting from real life, that sort of thing. Okay, but specifically more like like the the specific items are like I'm playing. I play video games when I should be doing other things. Okay, gotcha. So it's not so much like there's a distinction there between like. I'm playing video games to kind of de-stress for a little while yeah. versus like I'm playing video games to avoid stressors or to avoid responsibilities. Right. Um, and then fantasy stuff is like, you know, I play video games because they let me do things I can't do in real life or something like that, which I think is definitely one of the reasons why I play. And I've certainly I've played for diversion reasons before too. Sure. <laughs> I definitely have procrastinated on things by playing games for sure. Right. Um, and then uh, there's some evidence that's like, if you play video games uh, like mostly by yourself, uh, then that might be linked to uh, more loneliness. So, okay. and now this is an important distinction. I need to make this here. This is a cross-sectional study, which means it only happened at one time point. Because, it only ha because the data collection only happened at one time point, I cannot establish cause in any way, shape, form, or fashion. <laughs> right, because there's not All enough right? data so, across the grid. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, cause requires a lot of different pieces to be involved, but one of them as a foundation is longitudinal data, which means you have data collection over multiple time points. I have to have that as a baseline to talk about cause. Okay. So I'm not saying that this causes anything. In fact, what it could be saying is that people who are more stressed or depressed are more likely to play video games to divert themselves, sure. right? Uh, or people who are more lonely might be more likely to play video games only by themselves. Uh, so Cephaly had a great question. By yourself, meaning not MMOs, co-ops, or all alone in my apartment because I live alone. Yeah. So the way that I set up the question was, uh, do you play... So I asked for four different settings, but I'll make it simple. Basically, playing alone meant... I'm not playing with anyone at the same time. Like, I'm not playing while I'm talking to them online. I'm not playing while I'm with someone else in the room. I am playing a game, a solo game by myself. I'm not interacting with anyone else. So that would be the difference there would be, 
Like I play video games physically by myself a lot, but I'm playing while I'm, you know, through like game chat or discord, you know, I'm doing something cooperative with my friends or whatever, you know, that kind of thing that that's a different construct. So we're talking about people who are, they're not playing a social game. They're not playing a cooperative or competitive game and they're playing by themselves. Uh, or they could be playing cooperative, but they're, or competitive, but they're not actually interacting with the other people in any way. Okay. So that's, that's a good distinction right there. Um, and like I said, this is not cause like people could play for diversion fantasy and mostly by themselves and be totally fine. Like it's not, not saying anything else, but to me, the thing that's interesting about it is yeah. Like interaction with another human. Cephalie just said like, you're not interacting with another human and that, that would be, that would be correct. That's the way the question was set up. <clears throat> so the interesting thing to me about it is we have a ton of studies that have looked at uh, the amount of time you spend playing a game or the content rating of a specific game. But the findings that I had, and this is just one study and it's cross-sectional, there's definitely some issues, so you have to take it with a grain of salt. We need more research. But one thing that it's kind of looking at is maybe it has nothing to do with the amount of time that you spend or the type of game that you play. Maybe it's more so about why you're playing the game. Like what are your motivations for playing and are you engaging in social interaction when you play? Mm. Uh, you know, and, and that, that could be what's much more important to look at. So it's not games good or games bad. It's like in what context and why are you playing games and how are those things related to whether or not you might experience, uh, you might also experience like more anxiety or depression yeah. at the same time. So, you know, for instance, like if someone is diverting themselves, uh, that's kind of similar to procrastination. People who procrastinate, generally speaking, like, there's some good research on like if I'm procrastinating, it's because I'm afraid of failing the thing that I'm gonna, that I need to be doing. Yeah. Uh, I'm afraid of messing up, and yeah. I I have a poor self concept, so I procrastinate. And that could be the same thing that's happened with video games. Like I might be diverting myself with games uh, because they help me feel like I'm more competent, you know, because I can do things in the game that I can't do in real life. Uh, you know, and that kind of helps like balance that out. So anyway, this is a lot of information to cover, but I'm really interested. I've become more interested in this theory called basic psychological needs theory, which is that essentially each human being has three basic psychological needs. And those are competence, autonomy, and relatedness. So competence has to do with my, my ability to effectively manage stressors or challenges in my life. Uh, autonomy is where do I see like uh, the, the, agency or control in my life am i kind of at the whim of the shifting sands or the way you know being pushed around by the waves or am i an active agent making change in my life mm. uh, and then relatedness has to do with like how socially related am i and so i think that part of what's part of what's being done is there, there's a paper by someone named andrew prisbilski Pris in uh, 2010 when he looked at basic psychological needs theory and he was linking that to game engagement and basically saying uh, basically saying, um, <coughs> excuse me, that, uh, that gaming in a way that enables you to, uh, meet those basic needs is going to be related to better outcomes mm. and gaming in a way that thwarts those basic needs is going to be related to poorer outcomes. Um, so okay. if I'm gaming in a way that diverts myself from reality in an unhelpful way, yeah then I might be thwarting my need for autonomy or competence because I'm not actually addressing the challenges that are in my life that I need to address. Right. 
And that could be related to poor outcomes. But that's not actually about gaming. That's about how you cope with stuff, you know? And so uh, well, um, I think it's a really interesting thing that I'm uh, that I'm trying to learn more about. And I'm wanting to talk more about it here. I apologize if it's kind of confusing in this setting. But, yeah. Well, there could be a kind of interesting um, contrast. So if we look at video games, the risk-reward factor is skewed to one side. Your, your reward factor is a lot more rewarding, I think, psychologically than the risk factor. Like, if you risk whatever and you die or whatever, it's reset. Not very high risk in oh, video yeah. games. In real life, Absolutely. it's kind of the opposite, the contrast of that. When you risk a lot and you and you lose out, you it, you lose a lot. But the reward might not be as rewarding. And so there's huge contrast between the two worlds there. And so I yeah. can absolutely understand that that want or desire to go into the risk award factor in video games as opposed to the real world um, in real life. Um, and I think that can absolutely feed into those necessities or those desires um, as opposed yeah. to, you know, in real life as opposed to, to video games. So absolutely. Absolutely. Um, which is really, really kind of interesting. To think about when you're pulling it away from like the the game being the main um, the main subject or the main aspect of, of any of these things, yeah. Because it, I mean, well, the thing, yeah. Go ahead. And like I said, the thing I like about it is that it kind of takes it away from gaming. It's like ultimately, this isn't really about gaming. It's about gaming is being used in a certain way, right? And that's the question that's that should be asked about because. You know, I've looked at these at the research that's like, you know, gaming is related to good outcomes or gaming is related to bad outcomes. And it's like, in my life, gaming is, has been related to both. Yeah. And it's also been related to neither. Right. Like there's, so I feel like the way we explore this needs to be refined. And uh, I'm just really interested in trying to understand more about what context and which context is helpful and sure. which context is hurtful. And how do we help people that may be experiencing more difficulties and, uh, or, or or how do we like promote strengths yeah. uh, through this like really awesome leisure activity? And so well, that's what's uh, the, that's what I've been learning about. The main if you strip it down, the main mechanics are are this almost entirely the same. Like addiction, the main mechanics of addiction are the same. Like the the vice is is different, but the main mechanics of how right. addiction works is the same. Um, I mean, same thing for um, abusiveness or anything like that. It's the mechanics itself. It, it's the same thing. If you if you break down or strip away all the 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 skin of a video game, like the mechanics itself are the same. So, like Mario as opposed to the game Control, like you're trying to um, <laughs> you're trying to um, you're trying to complete a specific goal and yeah. how you do that is different, but your, your drive for doing that might be the same. Um, same thing for a lot of like God of war versus control. It's almost the exact same game. If you strip the story away. Um, but a lot of the mechanics are the same. And uh, yeah, sure. I mean, it's, 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 if you can view it and strip it back to like, what is the driving force of these things or these behaviors? You're right. It's not the video game itself. It's it's there's underlying factors, foundational issues um, that need to be addressed. And so, yeah, it's really interesting Absolutely. that you 
that that you're kind of taking it from a different perspective than a lot of these um, studies. And uh, I've tried to read a lot of these studies that you've um, that you've recommended or, or linked to me uh, before, and our Google Drive or whatever. I'll read some of it, and I'm just like, ugh. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it, it yeah. seems like a lot of the experiments come with a certain like this is what we're expecting, rather than like like they're doing an experiment to prove something, rather than what are we trying to figure out. Um, right. Uh, well, and a, a lot of times there is a hypothesis that's based off previous information or a, th a thing you might you might think it works in a certain way, and that's a lot of what science is. Yeah. Like you have an idea, and you collect data, and you conduct analysis to either to kind of prove or not really prove. You're mostly just disproving things right. until you get a general picture of what's happening. Mm -hmm. Uh, but that's the whole idea is that you're setting up ideas that can be falsified by the tests that you're doing. Right. Um, but if they're not falsified, then you're supporting the hypothesis that you put forth, which is cool. Like that can be really cool, but it can also be equally as interesting to falsify ideas. Like in this study that I'm, I did, yes, diversion fantasy and, and playing by yourself stood out. Yeah. But time spent playing, content of game, uh, playing games to uh, psychologically recharge, playing games for challenge, competition, arousal, social interaction, like all of those things were not significantly related to outcomes, right. which is also really interesting. Yeah. Like if you think about it, all of those things are kind of telling you, well, none of this stuff is really predictive of you know the outcomes that I was interested in. Uh, which is meaningful, and right. we're able to falsify some stuff. I'm able to look at, in this sample, it doesn't really matter how much time you spend playing. Like, And I had some people that played for a long time yeah. in this sample. Right. <laughs> you know? um, and so I like that kind of helps falsify an idea that, well, maybe it's really not about the amount of time that you spend playing. Maybe it's what's driving you to spend that time. Mm. What's the motivation for? Is the motivation that I, I, my life is so stressful and I don't know how to manage that, so I divert myself from what's going on? Yeah. Well, then that's something that people can address. Like you, you know, maybe in an intervention we could talk about that, or an educational course we could talk about finding ways to 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 cope with stressors that are in in our lives, uh, so that games don't become an unhealthy coping mechanism, and we can continue to enjoy them in a healthy way. Okay. Like I yeah. think that's a super interesting thing to look at. You know. So uh, one last question: What's the driving force in your interest in this research? Like personally, why why are you interested in this type of research? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it comes down to that I'm a gamer, uh, that or I, I play video games, and I've been playing for a long time. Mm -hmm. And that some of the research I've seen hasn't represented my experience. And so I want to do more research out there and I want to understand what's happening and, and find a way to help people understand it. I also want to look at it from a, a relational perspective. I think a lot of research hasn't done that, yeah, right. which is something that would be really interesting to look at. Um, um, a lot of it comes, yeah, but a lot of it comes down to just, my personal experience is not being reflected. And I think that I'm not alone in that. Absolutely. You yeah. know, um, so like the biggest example I can think of is uh, two years ago, the president of the United States said that violent video games are what's part of what's causing school shootings, right? Um, not just the president, but other like high standing political officials mm -hmm. said this kind of stuff. Yeah. Shortly after that, you know, around that same time, 
I was tuning in to a week-long charity stream yeah. where 95% of the games that were played were violent. You were shooting guys, you were pirates, you were killing aliens, you were fighting on the on the on battlegrounds yeah. or whatever. You know, like every single game that you played, you were shooting somebody or whatever, and that week long thing raised like a million dollars to help kids fight cancer. Yeah. You know, so it's like here's all this pro social beneficial outcomes that are coming from playing games. People are interested in this and mostly it's violent games. Yeah. So if violent video games cause violence, why are all those people not like funding some kind of like insurrection or or anarchist group? Right. Like they're funding St. Jude. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, so it's kind of a thing where it's like, okay, we're, we're missing crucial pieces in understanding how games are 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 being experienced in people's lives. We need to understand this better. Right. So that's that's where my drive comes from. It comes back to that that same thing you were saying <coughs> before is it's not the game itself, it's the driving force behind the game. Like why right. are you playing that game? And uh yeah, I, I think um you know if, if we approach it any video game, like if you approach it as a story being told rather than this is a thing I need to believe in or you know, follow. Um, I think that's kind of a, a big thing. This is another story. Any video game you pick up, it's just another story that's being told, just the same as a book, a movie, um, right. the, the television series. And so, um, I yeah, you're absolutely right. And a lot of the the research that you've showed me or, or what I've looked up, it's very much that a lot of my view is not reflected in those studies. Um, it's yeah. more about trying to prove like video game, violent video games cause violent behaviors and there's no sure. deviation from that. It's, does it prove that or not? And it's, it is, it's more nuanced than that. And yeah. especially when you're talking Absolutely. about, um, psychology, um, psychology is not black and white. A lot of gray areas in there. No, it's, it's very complex. Yeah. Very nuanced. Absolutely. So that's really cool. Um, Thanks, buddy. So, well, I'll, well we, I was thinking maybe we should have like a a science talk every episode now. Like I can talk about a different article or something like that. But yeah, I need to call it a night here. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so, uh, what's a question we can leave for those that are uh, might be listening? Something they might could think about or ponder or talk to us. All about. right. I mean, honestly, like if the science talk is something that people are interested in, what's a question you might have about video games from a science based perspective mm -hmm. or something you'd like to learn more about? And I would, I'd be glad to look into that and yeah. see if there's some research I could bring. Absolutely. That's a really good one. Uh, uh, where can people talk to you, find you? Yeah, you can uh, check me out on uh, Twitter and Twitch at Skitch256. Uh, my streams have been really sporadic lately because i'm really busy writing my dissertation but that's where i'm at yeah uh you can find me at nick j wells um on twitter um or austin auto gaming for either twitch.tv.com slash austin auto gaming o-s-t-i-n-a-t-t-o gaming um same thing on twitter uh, austin auto gaming so if you want to uh, Austin Auto Gaming is more for the D&D &D stuff. I'm not really streaming anything else other than D&D &D and um, that sort of thing. But, um, you know, if you want, want to talk to us, um, we're at the EG Podcast on Twitter as well. 
And uh, yeah, if you want to talk to us on Twitter, ask us any questions, uh, responses to anything we talked about today, uh, please feel free to contact us and DM us or post. And we'd love to have a conversation with you guys. And um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we appreciate you guys stopping in for the um, Skish 256 chat. Uh, you guys are awesome. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess we will talk to you guys in the next episode. So uh, we will see you later. All right. See y'all next time.